you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Show. It's me, your man, MG, Marcus Grant, still fully vaccinated, still dodging variants like Neo in the Matrix. Big show for you on this Monday. As always, we are joined by producer Justin and the specialists. It's a cast of dozens that helps us put on this show. And joined on screen, as always, by my pal Michael F. Florio. Um, now that we are pretty much through by Mageddon, what is the final tally? How did, how did your, your leagues shake out this week? Uh, I, I was so-so. I had some leagues where I, I, you know, I managed to have not that many players on by, but then I had some others where it was brutal. My benches were better than my starting lineup. Uh, took a few L's this week. Uh, had a couple of low-scoring wins, but overall just very happy that Week 7 is now in the rearview mirror. Yeah, I think that's that's probably the consensus. I, I was kind of a mixed bag as well. I had some good, uh, had some not so good. Got a win in a league where I was absolutely bargain basement terrible um, and somehow survived and pulled out a win. Thank you, Michael Pittman, for your last-minute touchdown. <laughs> that helped me get over the top in that league. So we can put this one in the rearview mirror. Uh, I think we have a couple of four-team bye weeks left. Uh, a bunch of two team bye weeks left, but nothing as bad as what we just experienced. So let's let's all be thankful for that. Uh, we got plenty to talk about though on the show today. Uh, we're going to ask the question: Is Khalil Herbert the real deal? We'll give you some post by Mageddon waiver wire options because that never stops, and uh, we'll preview Monday night's Saints Seahawks game uh, as we wrap up the week that was. But first, let's start with some fantasy headlines. And we'll begin in Kansas City, where Patrick Mahomes, sort of late in the ball game on Sunday, ended up leaving with what looked at the time like a concussion. Uh, took a really wicked hit uh, in their blowout loss to Tennessee. Uh, had to be helped off the field by his teammates. He went through the protocol and reportedly passed the protocol afterwards. Uh, he said he was fine. Uh, that part of the reason he came out of the game, because Chad Henney did finish that game for the Chiefs, part of it was because it was such a blowout and it just didn't make 
makes sense to risk him. And it appears that he's going to be good to go next week for Kansas City. But, I mean, Florida, this has been a couple weeks now. I mean, it was not a good day for Mahomes on Sunday. Uh, Last week, he ended up putting up a good fantasy number. But as you pointed out, a lot of that happened in the second half. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know, the sky is falling. But at least are, are we starting to get a little bit worried about Patrick Mahomes right now? I'm not. Uh, I know he hasn't been the Patrick Mahomes that we drafted as the number one quarterback, but he's been pretty close to that. He's had a couple of down games, but for the most part, the Chiefs offense has done their job. It's the defense that is letting them down. I was of the mindset that, hey, a poor Chiefs defense leads to more fantasy points for the for Mahomes and Hill and Kelsey and Uh, I still think Mahomes is a quarterback that you start every week. I still think Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey are guys that you start every week. Even the running back, whichever one is healthy right now, it's Darrell Williams. I think he is someone that you could start each week. But, man, yesterday was discouraging. Uh, If you had any of those Chiefs, I think you you feel like they were also on by in week seven. Maybe not Travis (laughs) Kelsey, but the rest of them. Uh, But it's disappointing because it was in such a great matchup, too. The Titans had allowed the most fantasy points to receivers. They were up there for quarterbacks. They didn't take advantage of it. It hurts. It's disappointing. But moving forward, I still think you just start all of them without question. I, I think you're probably right. I will say from an actual football perspective, what I see out of the Chiefs is I see an offense that feels like it has to be perfect because the defense is going to give up so many points. And because of that, every now and then you see Mahomes maybe trying to do too much and uh, always trying to play hero ball because I think he feels like they have to put up 35, 40 points a game uh, in order to win because of their defense. So uh, it, it has led, I think, some turnovers. It's led to some sloppy play. But in the end, still on average getting about 25 points a game from Patrick Mahomes. So um, let's just chalk yesterday up as having been a bad day, and uh, we move on. We turn the page to week eight. I think a big part of it, Marcus, is we've really never seen Mahomes disappoint before. Like, he's been injured before, (laughs) and that's about it. Like, he's just – he said it himself yesterday after the game. It was like my first three years were like – I think he said flowers and rainbows. And it's like, yeah, you, you couldn't ask for a better first three years. So this is the first real adversity him and the Chiefs have had to face. Yeah, you're probably right. So we'll, we'll see how they bounce back from that. I will say this. Just straight-up football question. Are the Chiefs a playoff team right now? Because I feel like they're, they're probably not. They, they don't look it when you watch them. Uh, but I, I'm still at the point where as long as they have Mahomes and Kelsey and Hill, I'll, I'll never count them out because they can, they can go on a run and score 40 points like a bunch of games in a row and still, and still get hot. So That's- I'm not counting them out, but they don't look like one. They definitely don't look like one right now. But, uh, again, there's still time for them to kind of regroup and and see what happens. Um, You talk about sunshine and rainbows and and a dark cloud now. There's definitely a big dark cloud over the Carolina Panthers, at least their quarterback position. Sam Darnold on Sunday got benched in their loss to the New York Giants, and Darnold had another ugly game. Uh, It's a four-game losing streak for the Panthers in which – Darnold has thrown seven interceptions. He's had a couple of fumbles. Now, head coach Matt Rule says that they are going to go back to Darnold. He remains the starting quarterback going forward. But considering how bad this has been, I mean, Robbie Anderson at this point is, I mean, we've talked about this before. He probably is droppable. Um, But now you start to worry about DJ Moore. Or do you? I mean, do do we have concerns about DJ Moore with the quarterback situation being so in flux in Carolina? Yeah, I, I definitely think you have to worry. Sam Darnold's play has just not been good as of late. He had 19, 19, 25, 31 and a half fantasy points. And then the last three games, it's 6, 15, and 2.4. And in that stretch, uh, he just he hasn't been passing the ball well. You talk about all the interceptions. He has just two passing touchdowns in his last three games. Before that, though, he was doing a lot of it with his legs, which doesn't help DJ Moore. DJ Moore, I was starting to come around as a wide receiver one through that first month of the season. I I don't think we can value him as a wide receiver one. I think DJ Moore is kind of who DJ Moore was coming into the year. Like, he's going to have some really big games. He himself is a very talented player, but uh, the offense, the quarterback, is going to be very up and down, which means DJ Moore is going to be up and down. I think he is more of a wide receiver, too, that has the ability to finish as a top-five wide receiver any week, but he also has the ability to just 
kind of bottom out. Not really his fault because of, of Darnold and the offense. So wide receiver two, but wide range of outcomes in my opinion. He really has become very quarterback dependent, which it, it I guess early on it seemed like the quarterback was, was going well, so it didn't seem like a big deal. But now uh, that Sam Darnold appears to have turned back into a pumpkin, um, like, uh, you know, it, it's bad news there. And look, I, I, I'm sitting here having to admit, as somebody who has, you know, waved the flag for Sam Darnold for much of the year, that maybe he's just bad. <laughs> I think I think it's okay to admit that maybe he's just not as good as, as we wanted him to be. Um, by the way, Robbie Anderson, and I don't remember who pointed this out on Twitter. I saw it uh, on Monday morning. His last two games, he has 20 targets, which seems great. Uh, he's turned it into six catches for 25 yards. That's not great. I, um, I, I don't understand what's going on with him. Can, can you make it make sense to me, Marcus? I, because... I wish. <laughs> I like, wish. I, he has more targets than fantasy points in the last month. It it doesn't make sense. I can't I can't figure it out. He does have a touchdown in those last couple of games, but uh it's been bleak. In fact, uh if you want to, you go want to go back one more game, it's 27 targets uh, which he's turned into eight catches for let me do the math, 55 yards. I mean, it's just bad. <laughs> it's just been bad for Robbie Anderson. Um Speaking of bad, Zach Wilson uh, and the Jets had another bad day. They had an awful day. Um, it, it seems like no matter what happens, no matter what changes in New England, they still find a way to just bludgeon the Jets. Like, that part never <laughs> seems to change. And uh, Mac Jones and the Patriots did it again on Sunday. But Zach Wilson left that game with what looked like a knee injury. Took a low hit, kind of got twisted around, um, ended up leaving the game. Mike White came in and took over. Um does this change anything? I mean, I feel like I feel like yes, Zach Wilson is out, Mike White is in. I don't know that I have any better or worse feeling one way or another about the guys around him in that offense. Uh, I I don't think it changes a whole lot. I think it makes the receivers a little bit more hard to trust. They they spread the ball out evenly yesterday throwing six targets to each, but I think what it I think you can't trust the receivers as long as Wilson is out, but you can trust the running backs, at least in my opinion. Mike White yesterday, like you said, Marcus, he, he wasn't playing great, but he did throw 44% of his passes to running backs. There was nine targets for Michael Carter, seven targets for Ty Johnson. They were the Jets' top two leading receivers yesterday. I know it sounds pretty bleak, but I think as long as Wilson is out, you could kind of trust Carter as like an RB2. And I think Ty Johnson even becomes like a deeper league flex option if they're going to be seeing targets like this. So, that's the Jets. Anyway, uh, that gets us to things that we've learned. The the things that we saw on Sunday that have made an impression on us that we think are going to have some sort of fantasy relevance going forward. Uh, What did you take away from Sunday's action? I took away that Brandon Bolden is the new James White, and we it was kind of looking like that before week six, and then he only had one target. It was Ramondre Stevenson getting the passing down work there for the Patriots running backs, and then yesterday, oddly enough, Stevenson was a healthy scratch, and Bolden just went on to lead the Patriots in targets, catches, and receiving yards. He also scored a receiving touchdown, scoring nearly 20 fantasy points. He's a top five running back on the week as of now. Uh, this is more of a ceiling game, but Bolden for the last month outside of that week six game has been giving us like four plus catches each game. I think he's very similar to James White in the sense that you can rely on him for like eight to 10 safe fantasy points each week. And then he has the ability to every once in a while score 20 fantasy points like he did this week if he finds the end zone or something like that. So I think Bolden is someone bleak week on the waiver wire, but Bolden is someone that if he was dropped, I'd be going out and trying to add right now. I feel like Bill Belichick or someone in the Patriots building heard us talking about how we sort of have figured out how the Patriots use their running backs. There's no need to worry about it. And they're like, we'll show you. Uh, and then they remind Jerry Stevenson, a surprise inactive, and then gave Brandon Bolden all this work. Um, so uh, good to know you're listening, Bill. We appreciate you listening to the show. So that's, <laughs> that's fun. We know he's uh, listening. The thing, yeah, he's always listening, of course, right? Uh, the thing I learned this week is that Khalil Herbert, I don't think, is going anywhere. Um, 
had the best day a running back has had on the ground against the Buccaneers all season long. Hit 100 rushing yards. Nobody had had more than 67 rushing yards against the Bucs so far this season. The last three weeks, he's averaging about 90 rushing yards per game. He has surpassed Damian Williams, I think, on this depth chart. They have found a guy that they feel comfortable with running the football. And I get the sense that Khalil Herbert is still going to have a role in this offense even when David Montgomery comes back. So uh, it's definitely nice. Uh, we, we're always looking for more running back help. It seems that we have found it. And look, Damian Williams wasn't bad. It seemed like he was fitting in nicely, but but they seem to have found something with Khalil Herbert, the way they ran the ball very effectively on Sunday. So uh, if you've got Khalil Herbert, hold on to him because I, I think he's still going to see some touches when David Montgomery comes back. Thoughts? Yeah, I, I agree. He has ran really well. Like, this was against the Bucks defense, the hardest defense to run on in the league. He runs for 100 yards, averaging nearly six yards per carry. And what really stood out to me, Marcus, was they started to get him more involved in the passing game. He caught all five of his targets for 33 yards. I... I, I agree with you. I think he is the now the RB2, even when David Montgomery is back, that he will have a role. Um, I think you hold on to him. You continue to start him until Montgomery is back at the very least. Yeah, absolutely you do. Uh, by the way, side note, uh, it was reported this morning that uh, Bears head coach Matt Nagy has tested positive for COVID-19. So we'll see what happens with him during the week. Obviously, uh, they don't have a game, obviously, for several days. Uh, if he does not coach, then it's expected that Bill Lazor, the offensive coordinator, will be the one to sort of take over uh, a lot of the head coaching duties. But that's a, a story that we will certainly monitor as the week goes along. We will take a break now, though. We'll come back. We'll look at some of the top performers from Week 7 by Mageddon Week. And uh, we'll ask what's going on with the wide receivers there in Cincinnati. I mean, we know one of them's good, but what about the other ones? We'll find out on the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. 
Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. Let's take a look at some of the top performers from Week 7. Your QB 2 for the week was Joe Burrow. Tua Tungavailoa was your QB 3 with 26.5 fantasy points. Mac Jones with his first 300 career passing game. That landed him as QB 8 for the week. The Ernest Johnson on that huge game on Thursday night gets you 24.8 fantasy points. That's the RB 3. Brandon Bolden, who Florio talked about earlier in the show, nearly 20 points is the RB 4. Khalil Herbert is the RB 5. Jamar Chase, another bananas day. He's your wide receiver, too. He did all that and was a wide receiver, too. That uh, that says something. A.J. Brown is your wide receiver, four, having uh, his biggest game of the season. C.J. Uzama with a pair of touchdowns is your tight end, one. And uh, Kyle Pitts, the unicorn, comes out yet again. He is the tight end, two, with 23.3 fantasy points. Um, all right, let's, let's go back a little and talk about Jamar Chase. Over 200 receiving yards against that Ravens defense. Uh, Right now, the Bengals sitting atop the AFC North, which I don't think anybody would have predicted uh, after seven games so far this season. But back to Jamar Chase. He's good. We figured that out. Twitter loves joking about the fact that he apparently couldn't see and didn't know what a football was apparently in the preseason, and now he's like the greatest thing that's ever happened to the wide receiver spot. Um, But my question is, what do we do now with T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd? Because they have both really become afterthoughts in that Bengal passing game. Yeah, if you drafted Jamar Chase, kudos to you. You are getting uh, coming into the year, Marcus. I said you either need you're you're reaching or you need history. History is happening. He is the greatest rookie <laughs> wide receiver ever. But it's taken away from the other guys. And uh, something I, I put out on Twitter. I know you you did as well yesterday, Marcus. Was like. What happened to T. Higgins, man? 15 targets yesterday. We should be ecstatic for that. But he caught seven of them for 62 yards. His air yards have been way down this year. He was averaging over 11 per target last year. It's down to eight this year. And as of the last three weeks, it's like seven. It's really down. And and we both joke that he is the new Juju Smith-Schuster. I joke that to celebrate National Tight End Day, T. Higgins became a tight end because that's how they're using him. They're not really using him downfield at all. He's All his targets are near the line of scrimmage. And then for Tyler Boyd, it's been bad. I know Tyler Boyd had a good stretch in the middle of the year, but that was because T. Higgins was out. In the games that T. Higgins has played this year, Boyd is averaging just five targets per game, four catches, 34 yards, and less than nine fantasy points per game. So right now, I think T. Higgins is like a wide receiver three or flex option with not the highest ceiling in the world. And I think Tyler Boyd is, it it pains me to say, Marcus, I think he's droppable at this point. I mean, yesterday, four catches for 39 yards. That's the best game he's had in about a month. Um, you know, he's, he's, I'm looking at this one, two, three, four, five games with fewer than 40 receiving yards. Uh, there's really two games of note on the schedule for, for Tyler Boyd and the rest of them have been awful. And so, yeah, you're, you're probably right. He could probably go back to the waiver wire at this point. Um, maybe you're holding on to him in deep leagues, but, but it's hard to make a case to actually have him in your starting lineup at any point. Um, the other wide receiver that we saw on that board, AJ Brown had uh, a really big day. Apparently he cleared the uh cleared the pipes after uh having some some bad fast food <laughs> during the week uh, and apparently he's okay again so now after what you saw from him on sunday combined with what he did last week too um is he back or is it just that the chiefs defense is really bad the chiefs defense is bad but aj brown is back like we all know aj brown is a beast he had a huge second half against the bills and then built on it with his best game of the year Eight for 133 in a TD, uh, and, and he really dominated targets. Julio Jones had four; everyone else had three or less. AJ Brown is back. He is a wide receiver one that you could trust each week. I I think so too. This this feels like a both things can be true sort of scenario where he can be back and the Chiefs can be bad. Um, are we worried about Julio Jones now? Because he he stayed healthy, so that was a plus. But he was sort of invisible and. Um, I feel like right now it's sort of either or. Like We haven't had a game where both guys have been huge at the same time. I'd like to believe it's possible, but I don't know, man. This is this has become a head-scratcher, and I'm, I'm a little bit concerned as somebody who has Julio in a few leagues. 
Hey, I, I'm with you. I had Julio Jones ranked in my top 15 wide receivers coming into the year, so I have him on a bunch of teams just because of how drafts worked out. Um, I, I'm choosing to take yesterday as a positive. Like, he played the full game. He stayed healthy. We could trust that he is now healthy. The hamstring injury, injury is behind him. I'm worried about the usage, but I think yesterday was just encouraging to see him play the whole game. Um, I kind of think he's a wide receiver three right now moving forward, but the upside remains very high. Uh, I've had people ask me if they could cut him. I'm saying not yet. I'm still holding him, but I don't think he is a like a guy that you need to start every single week anymore. Yeah, didn't didn't really see that one coming. So that leads us to I'm Salty, where we talk about the wide receiver, not the wide receivers, the players uh, in general who just sort of let us down and frustrated us uh, in week seven. So for you, who has you uh, all salty right now? The entire Chiefs offense. And this is like the <laughs> first time in, since Alex Smith that I think we could say that. But it, it's, it was really disappointing yesterday in what was supposed to be a smash spot for them. Like, the Titans haven't been able to stop anyone. I'm sorry, Justin. It is true. Like, the Bills went off against them last week. It's just every week teams are going off against them, and that was not the case this week at all. Mahomes didn't throw a touchdown. He had multiple giveaways. Uh, their leading receiver was Byron Pringle. Tyreek Hill only had he had less than 50 yards uh, in the air. Travis Kelsey still did his thing, but even for Travis Kelsey's standards, it was a disappointing. Daryl Williams was a huge disappointment, only rushing for 20 yards, added 30 in the passing game. I have a team where I have Mahomes, Hill, and, D- and Daryl Williams. I got less than 25 points from them combined. Oof. I expected that from Mahomes alone. So it was a big disappointment. I know a lot of teams were on by last week. The Chiefs kind of were as well. It felt like if you had them, I think you just press the reset button and you move forward. You get week seven out of your mind as quickly as you can. Yep, you just, you just flush it. You, you don't watch the tape. And you just move on because uh, yeah, that was that was pretty awful. All right, so since I talked about Julio Jones, I'm just going to bring it back up. But yeah, I'm a little bit salty that I didn't get much out of Julio Jones in what seemed like a great matchup. I mean, Chiefs and Titans felt like it was it was set for a ton of fantasy points. And look, it came. If you had A.J. Brown, hey, that was great. If you had Derrick Henry, I mean, he sort of did his thing like he does. Ryan Tannehill had a pretty nice day. But uh, if you're looking for the Chiefs, it didn't happen. If you had Julio Jones... It didn't happen in this ball game. I mean, uh, he had the two catches for 38 yards. That's it. We're still looking for the first Julio touchdown of the year. I look. Admittedly, he probably should have had it a few weeks ago. It got called back on replay. Boo. Um, but still, it, it it hasn't happened. And like you said, at this point, it's hard to make the case that he is a mandatory start each and every week because uh, just so far it, it just hasn't really happened. I, like I said, I had high expectations. We already, we already thought, hey, things were good in Tennessee. Tannehill had been playing well. A.J. Brown had been playing well. You add Julio Jones to the mix, it's only going to get better. It hasn't really gotten better. So, um, and, and I'm, looking, I'm looking at the schedule. The next three weeks, they're at Indianapolis. They are out here in Los Angeles to take on the Rams. And then they've got the Saints. So none of those are particularly inviting on paper. It makes me worried about Julio. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So you've heard me say this before. I'm going to say it again. We have a TikTok account. You should check it out, at NFL Fantasy. I'm talking to you, like you specifically. You know, you with the shirt. You should go and follow us on TikTok because we're doing a lot of fun, interesting things there. You can also follow me, uh, at Marcus Grant. Uh, I, I did one about Sam Darnold a couple of weeks ago, and uh, it has aged like you know, milk in a hot car. But that's okay. Uh, it was true at the time, and I stand by it. Uh, anyway, that's us on the TikTok. Uh, what else we are doing right now is playing a little round of Real or Mirage. I pulled out five guys who had pretty good days on Sunday and uh, what this might mean for them going forward. The first, Tua to Vailoa, And halfway through the game on Sunday against the Falcons, um, People were already saying that you know maybe it's time for Tua to pack his bags, that Tua time is over in Miami, that the Dolphins are on the hunt for a new quarterback. Then he ended up throwing four touchdown passes. He had 26.5 fantasy points and uh, very nearly got the Dolphins a win if their defense could have held on and stopped the Falcons at the end. Uh, so it's certainly not on Tua. But uh, what we saw out of him on Sunday, Florio, is this the start of good things to come or was he just playing the Falcons? I think it's real, Marcus, at least in the sense that he is a 
quarterback that you could trust in good matchups because he's taken advantage of them two weeks in a row and that is what a quarterback is supposed to do i always hate when people say oh but he had a good matchup like would was he supposed to play bad in it like <laughs> no this is what he is supposed to do he's thrown for over 290 yards in two straight multiple passing touchdowns in two straight rushing for over 20 yards in two straight and most importantly scoring over 21 fantasy points in two straight he's the QB3 on the week right now uh and and there's a lot of hate for Tua on fantasy Twitter and stuff I've watched back each of his last two games Yes, he is not perfect, but the hate that he gets is it's overblown. He he's a young quarterback who has shown signs of flashes and like maybe next week against the Bills you don't trust him, but the week after that against the Houston Texans, yeah, he is 100% a streaming option that I fully trust right now in good matchups. I mean, the next couple of weeks, right? You mentioned the Bills, he's got the Texans. Uh, you know, then he's got the Ravens. You probably avoid him there. But after that, he's got the Jets. So there's, that's another opportunity potentially to uh, to start to Tonga Vailoa. I came into the year thinking he was a QB too, and and so far nothing I've seen has changed my mind on that. And so if you have guys on a bye, if you have quarterback injuries, th- then I think he is a perfectly viable start. I think for him as an actual football player, uh, he is saddled with the burden of being the guy that the Dolphins took when they could have had Justin Herbert, right? Like from the moment Justin Herbert stepped in, became the starter for the Chargers, and played well, then everybody in and around the Dolphins seemed to say, well, maybe we got the wrong guy, you know, and just sort of discounting the fact that first off, he was coming off of a major, major hip injury. Um, and on top of it, you know, the, the, the Dolphins as a whole are just bad. And I don't think that he's the problem, but I think for fantasy, uh, he's a nice option. Maybe you're not starting him every week, but he's a nice guy to have on your roster uh, to slide in there when you, you need some help at quarterback. Um, in the division... Mac Jones, as I mentioned earlier, his first career 300-yard passing game. Pair of touchdowns, 22.18 fantasy points, and is very slowly looking more comfortable. Uh, I'm not going to say that he is a full-on replacement for that other guy that used to play there for a long time. Um, but is he a that guy that, all right. is, is he a guy that maybe we can slide in there on occasion uh, as our fantasy quarterback? I, I think he's a mirage for now like he is he is starting to look more real though yesterday it, it's hard to put too much stock in it because it's one game against the Jets and he went off 307 yards two touchdowns his first 20 point fantasy game in his career but what I like Marcus is he's thrown multiple passing touchdowns in three of his last four games the thing I don't like though he gets the Chargers next week and the Panthers then after that both games on the road. I don't think he's usable in those two weeks, but after that the schedule starts to open up a bit for the Patriots. He gets the Browns, who are, are a tough defense in real life, but for fantasy purposes give up points to quarterbacks. Then the Falcons and the Titans. So what I'm looking for Mac Jones is to show me reasons that I could trust him these next two games, and if he does that, then I think there's a stretch there where he becomes like a streamable bi-week replacement, and I'll start to say he's more real then after that. My only concern is just that everything has been sort of short yardage. There's been a lot of checkdowns the last couple of weeks. It seems like he's sort of testing the waters a little bit further downfield, but it's still uh, generally you know a lot of safe throws. Um, they're not going to score 47 points or whatever it was uh, every single week because they don't get to play the Jets every single week. So I'm still sort of holding off on Mac Jones. Uh, I tend to be a little bit more cautious, especially with rookie quarterbacks. I tend to be a little bit more skeptical. So I, I kind of want to see more before I'm, I'm totally in on Mac Jones. But I will say the signs are positive. Um, he definitely has, I think, progressed progressed as the season has gone along which by the way can we just get Jacoby Myers a touchdown like how is it (laughs) no the Patriots scored almost half a hundred and Jacoby Myers still can't get a touchdown I don't understand I don't get it that poor guy man his last touchdown is is like what three four years ago in college like this poor dude man he even had one called back last week it's like Ah, oh, I don't understand this poor dude. I mean, I think J.J. Taylor had two touchdowns yesterday, and Jacoby Myers couldn't even get one. That's awful. Um, all right, back to Miami. Uh, Miles Gaskin. Every time it seems like I'm ready to just completely punt on Miles Gaskin, like he does just enough to get me interested again. And that was the case on Sunday. He had four. Uh, he had four catches, 77 total yards from scrimmage, and a touchdown. 17, almost 18 fantasy points from Miles Gaskin. I don't know. I 
I just can't, Florio. I can't. I can't completely buy into this. Maybe you have some some reasoning that that I don't see, but I just can't really get behind Miles Gaskin. I I can't get behind Miles Gaskin as someone like an RB two that you could trust each week, but I can get behind him as someone that you should have on your roster as a backup running back. And a lot of people this week, every week, I put out a tweet like, "Who are you dropping?" A lot of people said Miles Gaskin, and I didn't fully get it. I was like, maybe last week was the week to drop him, but he just scored nearly 18 fantasy points. Why are we dropping him? His last three games, 31.9 fantasy points, 3.4, 17.7. So you get the full range of, of outcomes there with him. The reason I can't buy into him as like a weekly RB2 that you could trust is because Malcolm Brown was the starter yesterday, or at least he was getting the touches early on in the game. Savan Ahmed got involved as well. So as if there's three running backs there getting the work, I don't think you could fully trust him. But I do think he is someone that you should have on your bench that you can get in your starting lineup if you get desperate or if injuries or bye weeks start plaguing your running back position, which they've done all year. So I think there's value in having Gaskin as a backup, not as a starter yeah I think the the hard part for me about trying to figure out when to play him is because I don't I just can't no rhyme or reason there's no rhyme or reason to it right like early on it looked like he was sort of a do everything back and maybe he was going to get a lot of opportunity then he went a couple weeks where he was just sort of a pass catching back a third down option then yesterday he ends up running for 67 yards and only has 10 receiving yards I just don't know what the Dolphins are doing with him. And so you're right, maybe he's worth stashing, but it's just like one of those things where I think every week I I would look at him on my bench and be like, I don't know, is this the week? And it just would be frustrating. So I... I understand why people are like, I'm dropping him, because I think people just, they just want to rid themselves of the headache. I get that. It's so frustrating. I can't do it. I think a lot of it comes down to, like, game script as well. Like, is this a game where the Dolphins are going to be trailing and needing to throw? Because if Mm -hmm. so, then I think you can rely on, like, four or five catches out of him. Maybe even, like, he had ten a couple weeks ago. I think that was the the anomaly. But (laughs) it's game script, which, as we could tell you, Marcus, is very hard to predict game script. Yeah. I mean, look, man, the Rams are supposed to be, you know, getting blown out uh they were leading that game well into it so <laughs> so game script kudos is not- to dan campbell man dude like I-, I think it was you who tweeted it like more more bad teams should play like this like just yeah. go all out because it's your only chance of winning you know i mean look if you are the texans if you're the jaguars um just say to hell with it man we're gonna we're gonna run trick plays we're gonna run fake punts uh, we're just going to go all out. I mean, I'll say this. The Lions are going to beat some teams at some point. Like, they're not going to go winless this year because those guys play really, really hard, and they seem to really care about each other, and they seem to care about their coach. And what we saw from them on Sunday against the Rams was a team that looked like, you know what, hey, we haven't won a game, but we're still out here, and we're battling, and we're trying to have some fun doing it. Um, and I just think I think there's a lesson in that from other teams. Like, the Texans are bad, and they're just not fun to watch. Like, I don't know. At least be interesting. I was going to say the Texans should watch that Lions game and learn from it. I understand Davis Mills is your quarterback. Maybe Tyrod is – he's coming back shortly, and maybe it'll be different. But they were down like 30-something to 5 late in the fourth quarter and punting it. I'm like, you're just waving the white flag here being like, we can't move the ball against you guys at all. You win. Like, it it just – it doesn't give any reason to get excited whatsoever. No. Not not even a little bit. Um, all right, uh, a couple more real or mirages. We talked a little bit about Khalil Herbert. I said he was here to stay. Had the uh, 18 carries for 100 yards, five catches for 33 yards. Uh, that was on five targets. Uh, I think we both agree that this this feels sort of real, and even if he's not the RB1, um, that, that he still has a spot here in this team. Yeah, I, I, he is real. I think he will still have a role when David Montgomery comes back. I was going to say maybe you try to sell high, but I think with, with Montgomery, you know, his return looming, it'll be hard to do that. Maybe it's worth a try, but if not, just hold on to this guy, I think, moving forward. He's useful until Montgomery comes back, and then after that, he might still have a role here and still be a useful fantasy piece. I think a thing we've seen from Matt Nagy is that they will still sprinkle in a second running back. I mean, we, we saw that last year with Tariq Cohen before he got hurt, uh, and even earlier this year, we saw Damian Williams stepping in and, and still getting some opportunities. So if Herbert really has surpassed Damian Williams uh, on the depth chart, which it, it looks like he has, 
um, then I think he's still going to get some chances once Montgomery's back. Obviously, there'll be fewer chances, but there will be chances there nonetheless. Um, all right, uh, last one. CJ Uzama, who on National Tight End Day balled out. Three catches, 91 yards, two touchdowns, 24.1 fantasy points. And this is a couple weeks in a row now that Uzama has been uh, pretty good. So are we starting to buy in? I mean, uh, we, we talked about there's no no more T. Higgins or Tyler Boyd, so maybe this is the Jamar Chase, CJ Uzama show in Cincinnati? <laughs> I, I am buying in to CJ Uzama as a high upside tight end too. He only saw three targets yesterday, which isn't great. The volume hasn't been great for him the last month, but it hasn't really mattered. He is over 10 fantasy points in three of his last four games and over 20 fantasy points in two of his last in four games. So he, he's a high upside, low floor type of tight end, but I'm not sure it matters when they're using him as a downfield weapon opposite of Jamar Chase because... The defense is focusing on those three receivers, so he gets a little space. He could do stuff like that. He did, he said that if you get tackled by the last defender, you have to do 15 <laughs> push-ups, and he didn't want to do it in front of the team. He did so twice. I think Uzama is like a high-end tight end, too, that you could get in, in to your lineup in certain weeks. Yeah, I, I did hear the, the push-up thing, and he's like, I do push-up on, push-ups on my own time. I'm not trying to do them in front of the team. <laughs> so, uh, hey, look, I don't man. blame him. No, I don't blame him either. If that motivates him to get into the end zone, then uh, you know, certainly us fantasy types will be grateful for that. <laughs> So, so thank you, Cincinnati Bengals, for putting in that arbitrary rule that uh, helped us get some more fantasy points. We appreciate it. All right, uh, let's take a quick break here. We'll come back. We will dig into the waiver wire. Just because we're through Biomageddon doesn't mean that uh, you don't need to make up some free agent pickups for the week ahead. So we'll talk about some of those next on the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O. 
T-I-K-A.com. Take a look at the Week 8 Waiver Wire targets. Florio, uh, take us through your list here. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence, who was playing well before his bye, don't forget, and was dropped because he had the bye week, so don't forget about him. Tua Tungavailoa has just been playing well since returning from the IR. Daniel Jones looked better yesterday, gets a great matchup next week against the Chiefs. Mac Jones, we talked about, like him, his schedule down the road a little bit. Kenneth Gainwell, someone that is going to be in a hot target on the waiver wire this week. Brandon Bolden is the new James White. Kenyon Drake, even though he's on bye next week, Josh Jacobs left early and Drake was more utilized. Boston Scott there with Miles Sanders hurt as well. And then some deeper league options in Samaj P. Ryan and Ty Johnson at the running back position. Uh, moving to some receivers, Rashad Bateman, he was my top ad last week. I know he's on bye next week, but get this guy on your roster. Darius Slayton is still in play if the Giants are banged up in a good matchup next week. Khalif Raymond is just outperforming people's expectations. Russell Gage, Elijah Moore, uh, uh, Alan Lazard, Nico Collins. Those are a little bit deeper options if you're in need of a receiver. And then Evan Ingram, Ricky Seals-Jones, and someone we just talked about, CJ Uzama, rounding out the tight end list. Because who doesn't need tight ends? Even on National Tight End Day, Marcus, we're always in need of streaming tight ends. I mean, it was National Tight End Day, and like Robert Tunyon had a good game. So that sort of spoke to uh, kind of how that, how that worked out there. By the way, you had Khalif Raymond on that list. And as somebody who has been a big stand for Amon Ross St. Brown, it was super frustrating. I mean, one... If you're if you're St. Brown, you get to come back and kind of play in your hometown, right? In front of your friends and family, and it's on your birthday and you get zero targets. Like that's hurtful. That's it's just wrong. That's just it, wrong. it's just wrong, you know? Like like I checked yesterday to make sure he was still playing. Right. And they just they didn't throw him the ball. Didn't throw him the ball on his birthday in his hometown. Like that's the worst. Um but let's talk about some of the guys who were actually playing better. Ricky Seals-Jones, first and foremost, who uh, really has stepped in, I think, very nicely since Logan Thomas went on injured reserve. As long as Thomas isn't there, would you put him among the ranks of tight end ones this year? I think you have to. Like, RSJ has played all but one snap in the last three weeks, 100% of the snaps the last two. He saw seven targets again this week. And in those three games, he scored 9, 16, and 11 fantasy points. Like, that is a safe floor and a pretty good upside for a tight end that you can potentially grab off the waiver wire and get into your starting lineups. Uh, The three weeks since Thomas has been put on the IR have passed, so he is eligible to return now. You got to keep an eye on that. But if Thomas is out, I think Seals Jones is a border like a low end tight end one that you could get in your starting lineup each week you talk about the floor and that's sort of what you're playing for with with tight ends off the waiver wire you just want that consistency and again for me until washington figures out who their second wide receiver is because curtis samuel continues to battle injury um and deami brown i think is hurt now he may miss some time as well I just still see the target opportunity being there for RSJ, and so it's it's hard to keep him out of the lineup, uh, especially if you are streaming tight ends or just looking for help at the position. Um, Kenyon Drake on that list as well. As you mentioned, he has a bye in week eight, um, but Josh Jacobs suffered an injury. We'll see how serious that is. Obviously, the Raiders get some time to sort of work that out, but the last couple of weeks, Kenyon Drake has felt like a bigger part of the Raider offense, which is what we thought coming into the year. So is he back to having standalone value? Are we too early to kind of determine that right now? Uh, He's trending in that direction, which is why I think he should be added despite having the bye next week. It gives Josh Jacobs more time to recover. So I'm not anticipating that Drake will be the week nine starter. That is still a possibility. It could be a severe injury for Josh Jacobs, but even if it's not, Kenyon Drake had six touches and two touchdowns last week. And then early in the game before Josh Jacobs went out, something that I was keeping an eye on was like they were splitting reps. Like the first six uh, running back carries, it was three and three for each of them. So since the coaching change in Vegas, it does look like Drake is more utilized. It looks like he is the backup running back again, which didn't make sense early on. I mean, they gave this guy a lot of money in the offseason, Marcus. It makes sense that they will utilize him. I, I would be grabbing him because I 
think you could get him for kind of cheap with him having the buy next week and just keeping him on my bench and seeing what the usage looks like moving forward. Yeah, I think I think that's a move if you are, you know, if you have a lower waiver priority or if your team is already pretty good and you're just sort of looking for some depth, I think that's the move you make. If if you need help right away, obviously Kenyon Drake is not going to be the guy that that you want. But it is it's been nice to see him actually be part of the offense after it just seemed like he was kind of invisible for for the last few weeks before that. Uh, by the way, Josh Jacobs suffered a chest injury. It does not appear to be serious, but uh, again, we'll sort of we'll have a week or so to kind of figure out how bad it is and, and what this means for him uh, heading into week nine. Um, top waiver target in week eight, though, this this sort of seems like a no brainer. I think you and I are of the same mind about who it should be. Yeah, to me, it is Kenneth Gainwell. Uh, he scored 14 fantasy points yesterday in Miles Sanders' absence. It, I know we have to wait on official word for Miles Sanders, but he was carted off, and, and he looked like he knew it was a kind of serious injury. And what I love is Gainwell saw eight targets yesterday, and that shows that he will clearly be a big part of the Eagles' passing attack, especially because the Eagles are the king of falling behind in the first three quarters and then trying to make a massive comeback in the fourth, which leads to a lot of passing. It's going to lead to a lot of short dump-offs for Kenneth Gainwell. But in this backfield, I also think Boston Scott should be rostered. He played a third of the snaps yesterday. He actually had more carries than Kenneth Gainwell. He had two targets himself and... He saw three touches inside the 10-yard line to Gainwell's one. So I think he's the more traditional runner there. I think Gainwell is the upside player. He is the one, the top target. But I don't think Boston Scott is far behind him. He'd probably be my number two target on the week at the running back position. Yeah, I had said on NFL Fantasy Game Day on Sunday morning, we, we did a segment on players to break up with. And I was I was breaking up with Kenneth Gainwell because the, the previous few weeks had been really bleak where he wasn't really on the field. He wasn't getting opportunities. Um, and it's amazing how things can change in the blink of an eye. Miles Sanders gets hurt, and suddenly, um, you know, seeing if I still got Kenny G's number. Like, hey, maybe, uh, maybe we can work things out. Maybe he's going to be okay. Uh, also, you mentioned Boston Scott. I was looking to see when they play the Giants because he's a notorious Giants killer. Oh, uh, it's still a few weeks away. They're still. <laughs> I, I would. I would suspect. I think it's four or five weeks away. Um, it is. Yeah, it's week twelve, so it's still a ways away. So I would suspect. Miles Sanders may be back uh, by that. So we don't get we don't get the Boston Scott versus the New York Giants game. That's frustrating. Whatever. Um, if you want more waiver wire talk, you can go check it out. Michael F. Florio writes the column every single week. It's NFL.com slash waiver wire. And uh, keep in mind that he pretty much writes this thing on Sunday. So uh, don't yell at him <laughs> if things change because a lot can happen between <laughs> Sunday afternoon uh, and Tuesday evening when you put in your waiver claims. But uh, all the information is there. You should be sure to go check it out uh, whenever you have an opportunity. We'll wrap up the show with a preview of Monday Night Football. The New Orleans Saints heading to Seattle to take on the Seahawks. And uh, I think on paper this might have seemed like a really good game when they scheduled it. It feels a lot less exciting now uh, that we're about <laughs> to play it. But uh, let's start with the Saints offense. And uh, do you have a fantasy projection for Jameis Winston against a bad Seahawk defense? I'm expecting somewhere in the in the range of around 20, 21 fantasy points. Um, Seahawks defense hasn't been great. We we've known that uh, Marcus, you've dubbed them the the Legion of Whom, which I think is an <laughs> yes. amazing nickname that, that they have definitely deserved. Um, I mean, Jamal Adams in coverage is a quarterback's best friend. So I'm expecting to see some deep shots today to Callaway. Uh, I, I think if Winston should have a good game in this one, and if he doesn't, then I think you got to start to worry about him a little bit. I would agree with that. I'm sort of with you. I think about anywhere between 20 to 22 points feels realistic for Jameis tonight. Uh, he just has been sort of a, a riddle to try to figure out this year. He's had a couple of decent games. He's had some head scratching games, but everything seems aligned for him to put up some decent numbers. So that's that's kind of what I'm looking for there. Uh, on the flip side, Alex Collins is expected to play. They weren't sure about him uh, during the week, um, but it looks like he's going to be available for the Seahawks tonight. So bearing that in mind, uh, the Saints run defense is really pretty good. What do you what do you project for Alex Collins? I'm thinking he gets around 10 fantasy points, and, and it's possible he sits in the single digits tonight because there's just a lot to worry about with Collins. I, I was saying earlier this week I would try to get away from him if possible. Uh, he was banged up. 
He, he was dealing with a groin injury all week, only got in on practice on Saturday. Uh, Rashad Penny is back, so they have a backup there that they can trust a little bit more than DJ Dallas or, or uh, Travis Homer. And then the Saints' run defense is really tough, like you said, Marcus. So this is a game where I'm not expecting much of a ceiling for Alex Collins. I think it's more of a floor game. If you're starting him, you're just hoping for volume and that maybe he finds uh, the end zone. Well, I'm going to be a little self-serving because I am starting him uh, in a league against you where I need 11 points uh, from Alex Collins to win. So I'm going to project him for 11 points uh, to (laughs) to satisfy my own selfish desires here. But um, I... I, (laughs) I think that's going to be hard. I, I feel like 11 points from Collins tonight against the Saints. Uh, maybe a tall ask. Um, you know, I, if he can somehow find the end zone, I think that helps. But that just doesn't seem particularly realistic, especially, as you mentioned, with the groin injury with Rashad Penny there where things go bad. They can always sort of turn to him. Um, you know, I, I this could be a lower scoring game just because neither one of these offenses really seems to scare me a whole lot. But uh, we'll see about what happens with Alex Collins. Um, all right, last thing. Can you paint me a picture uh, where you would consider using Geno Smith anywhere? I, I can um, because I, I had to live through this real-life picture. <laughs> I have a super flex league where my quarterbacks on my roster are Josh Allen and Justin Herbert on by, and then my third quarterback was Trey Lance. So I had to start Davis Mills because Geno Smith was already rostered. But I think if you're in a situation <laughs> like that where your two quarterbacks are on by, and, and it's very possible you could have Allen and Herbert or Dak or any of those situations, and you're just desperate for a quarterback this week, that I think is the only scenario where I would trust Geno Smith in a tough matchup against the Saints defense. I uh, Yeah, that, that makes the most sense. The only other way I could say it is if you were just being – super contrarian in a in a daily league or something like that a daily situation uh there's just there's just no real upside to to starting geno smith against the saints defense uh you know i i I know when he came in a couple weeks ago uh he looked good and if tyler lockett doesn't fall down you know maybe he ends up leading the seahawks to a win but i think you know with time to kind of watch film and and remember who geno smith is i just don't see him really doing much against the saints i think sean payton will figure out uh how to slow him down so uh, should be mildly interesting, I guess, tonight. I, th- I think it's going to, it's Seattle, so it's probably going to be raining. Um, <laughs> you know, hopefully it's not as gnarly as what we saw in Santa Clara on Sunday night football, but, uh, there it is. Uh, you have a winner for this one, St. Seahawks? I think the Saints pull it out because I'm expecting uh, Winston to play pretty well. I think Alvin Kamara has a pretty big day here for fantasy and a great matchup. So I, I think the Saints pull it out, um, and yeah, I mean, hoping that it's a competitive game, hoping that it's a lot better than uh, than what like the Texans gave us with their backup quarterback yesterday. Oof, that was that was absolutely brutal. <laughs> Let's not think about that anymore. In fact, it seems like a good place to uh, to call this one. That is it. We are done. We appreciate you hanging out with the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, you never see a headline that says Psychic wins the lottery. Be safe, take care of yourselves, get vaccinated, (laughs) and we'll see you on Wednesday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish 
Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.